Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple or Android. We recommend Spotify because it works on both. Also, you can check us out on Dash Radio every single day, 7 p.m. Just download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for nothing but net, 7 to 8 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com that covers more than just the Miami Heat. That's from 10 to 12 every single day with five reasons sports personalities and finally five reasons where brady hawk has you with the takeaways as soon as the buzzer sounds we do not charge you for content also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes a new one one we're going to be using a lot in the network it's called best ever you can find it at bestevr.com that's bestevr.com these are sports simulations so you're having an argument let's say a how would Deshaun Watson have done with the Dolphins this year, right? Just sub out Tua and Fitzpatrick, sub in Watson. You can play them against Denver, see if they would have won that game. You can, They run the simulation for you. They give you a full game story, a box score, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be settling arguments on the NFL. We've got a new one up on our website. David Fernandez did it where we simulated the Super Bowl coming up between Tampa and Kansas City. I'm actually in Tampa, so now I'll know how the game is going to go. And they're going to be doing NBA simulations starting in March or April. So sign up. It's free. B-S-T-E-V-R.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. And now, tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. No Alex, no Greg. Alex can be found today on Clutch Corner on our YouTube channel. But bringing him back, I think this is time number five for you. So you pass Sedano at this stage. George was going to try to get it with me tonight, but I pushed it back to Thursday. So you win uh, time number five. But you got to tell me again, uh, Vinny Goodwill joining me here. What the hell is the Twitter account? It's at Vince Goodwill. Don't do me like that, Ethan. You make it seem like I have like a million different names. Who are you hiding from? Uh, Ethan, I have children out here. No, actually, I don't. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't have any kids. Let me stop joking like that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we won't go any further on that. All right, so follow him at Vince Goodwill. Uh, you can, and where, okay, where are you working these days? That's the other thing, because that switches every three weeks also. Oh, that's, that's so bad. I'm still at Yahoo Sports, still still uh, employed there gamefully, uh, it's, unless you have some news to tell me. And if that's the case, then you'll be looking at your newest colored member of five on the floor. <laughs> I, I, cannot, I cannot afford you. Uh, so that's so, so we're not doing that. I knew you back when, when you were just covering the, uh, the Pistons and that was all you were doing. All right, so here's what we're gonna do, t- do tonight. Um, Greg and myself and Alex have been kind of beating a dead horse for like weeks about the heat, whether or not they needed a trade to get things right or just needed to get healthy. Jimmy Butler comes back. He's played two games. First game, he looked terrific, but they won by one point against Sacramento, which is never a result that you want. And then the next game, they take a 10 point lead against Charlotte with three minutes left. Malik Monk scores 30, 30 was it 36 <laughs> points, 34 points uh, after I basically tweeted out in the first quarter 
that he was the worst, worst prospect to come out of Kentucky in the past four years and the most disappointing. So he had a career best game. So is he clutch? If he's clutch, they, they should give me a little bit. They should give me a share of that. It probably is. He's Kentucky. Um, so Malik Monk has, has a career high game and the Heat lose in overtime and now seven and 13 on the season, two games against Washington and Bradley Beal coming up. But we want to get an outsider perspective on this a little bit. But obviously, you, I mean, you covered Jimmy for years. Um, you followed the Heat all the way through last year through the bubble. In your view, what is the biggest thing wrong with them right now? I mean, I think the most obvious thing, Ethan, is when you're without your best player or your second best player, whatever you want to you know, call Jimmy, or at least your most influential player, right? Then you're going to have people who will play, in my opinion, players who have roles that are a little bit outside of themselves right now. Like they don't look as efficient. You very rarely see an Eric Spolstra team lose five straight games. Was that what it, did they lose five straight or like six out of seven? Uh, right around this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically six out of seven. Yeah. So, to me, and you know me, I am a member of of Spo Hive. I am. I may not. I may not be the charting founding member, but damn it, I live there. So when I look at the roster and I look at some of the ways that they play. Ethan, you tell me, does it feel like they have too many good players, but not enough, like, a step above that? Yeah, you know what? It's starting to remind me of a little bit, although it's a step above what it was. Um, I always said during kind of in this transition, during Dwayne's kind of decline and into this team, they had a ton of B minus. Mm. Now I think they have a ton of B players. Uh, You know, they had they had at one point like six, two guards that, you know, it was like Tyler Johnson, Dion waiters, yeah. Rodney Magruder, a collection of those guys. And it was very difficult for Spolster to kind of figure out rotations. And one of the reasons I liked their team so much last year before the season was I said, if you give Eric Spolster an uncluttered roster with guys who want to defend, you're going to have success. And that uncluttered roster went all the way to the finals and took two games from the Lakers in the finals and might've won the championship. If Bam and Dragic had been healthy, who knows? Um, but now the problem is, you know, with, with Jimmy out, I'm with you on this. Everything kind of centers around him. Bam only seems to want to take the next step when Jimmy's not there. And so I think that's problematic. But I do think that we're seeing a lot of duplication with their other players. I do think they miss Jay Crowder, although not quite as much as Heat fans seem to think. But the biggest thing that jumps out here, and, and I'll transition a little bit myself to, with you here, is that they didn't really address a key position in the offseason. Um, I mean, today, Myers Leonard, who they gave $9 million yep. to, is out yep. for the season with shoulder surgery. But I, he wasn't going to be the answer anyway, so they didn't find somebody to play with Bam. And, you know, it's one thing to let Jay go because they didn't want to give him the extra years because they wanted to be in on Giannis, and I want to talk to you about that in a second. But, you know, they offered Jay $14 million for one year. He didn't take it. I mean, that's a very fair offer, $14 million for a guy who's essentially been a journeyman until he got to Miami – but they didn't have enough. They didn't have a plan B. I know there was a player who ended up signing somewhere else on the West coast who they liked, who they thought they had. But other than that, you know, they've given it, they've tried eight different power forwards this year. So I'll just ask you from a roster construction standpoint, Mm -hmm. provided that Jimmy gets back to being Jimmy, um, which he's been pretty close the last two games. I think you've seen over the course of his career, sometimes him taking those threes at the end of the games when he shouldn't sort of like Dwayne did. But provided Jimmy gets back to being Jimmy, is this, in your view, a championship contending roster? Right now, they're not even in the playoffs, but a championship contending roster when everybody's healthy. Absolutely. And and I could be way, way wrong. And it's, it's very weird that the teams that went farther in the bubble 
you know, Lakers notwithstanding, just because they're a completely different animal when you have two of the best three to four players in, in basketball on, on one team and they have that continuity. But if you look at Denver having struggled a bit and Miami struggling a bit, teams who've made deep runs, they they have it's a it's it's a loan game type of thing. For me, it's a loan game. Now, if you tell me, hey, we grab Serge Ibaka in the offseason, somebody that can defend three through five somebody that can defend the rim and defend the, the three-point line. All right, cool. Now we got something, but they don't make, but so many of those guys, right. That can, that you can have as a role filler, as opposed to a primetime player. So he can just focus on those particular things. So basically you're putting a lot of this on Bam, which as great as Bam is going to be, if he's your only guy doing that, where does he get rest throughout the course of a game? Where can he not necessarily rest, but when does he not have to have his motor on a thousand every single moment he's on the floor? I don't think any player in today's game with everything being sort of literally, I won't say end to end, but you're taking up 94 feet. You know what I mean? You're not playing three point line to three point line. You're playing 90, you're playing baseline to baseline. And for a guy who's so gifted like that, I wouldn't want to put too much on him. Now, the rest of the guys, my thought is I would trust them more than I trust the Brooklyn Nets right now, because if nothing else, there is an identity. If nothing else, there is like this. There is a mantra. There's something. What what is there? Okay, I'll ask you that, because we did a whole podcast on that five days ago. And and I think that some of our, uh, you know, our hope traffickers, uh, like my Mm -hmm. co-host, Greg, they would they would basically say they had an identity. And even Greg kind of acknowledged now they don't like their identity historically has been under Spolstra has been tough minded, defensive teams, grinders, the identity change that was even during the big three era, it all started with their defense. Okay. They were not an elite offensive team for most of the time. They were an elite defensive team. This team though is bad defensively. At least they have been this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bad guarding the three point line. They're I think 26 in the league. They're at 38.8% uh, against them this season. They give up a ton of threes this year. They happen to be going in. Uh, they're a bad rebounding team this year. I mean, that's not a team with a tough-minded identity. And, you know, their identity, I guess last year was they were spraying you with shooters, but the shooters haven't been shooting as, you know, Duncan's down a little bit this year. Hero is under 30% from three. What, In your view from the outside, what is their identity? Because I feel like people are, are, are saying their identity is heat culture. I don't know what the hell that is this year. Well, here's, here's the thing that I really want to impress on people. Last year was not the anomaly. This year is the anomaly. You know what I mean? I honestly feel, Ethan, this year is the odd year for the entire NBA, not necessarily what we saw in the bubble. And this isn't like exclusive to Miami. I'm not saying it's because I'm a Spo guy or anything like that, but I think this year is the odd year. This year is the year where nothing's going to make sense. And from what I've gleaned from other teams, they they're just as afraid of the heat as they ever were okay so they don't even believe in what they're seeing as far as oh maybe that was just a fluke last year they're thinking Miami's playing a long game and we can't sleep on them you know what I mean so even yeah, no, if I get it I get and it but they also you come back to that right Ethan right. you always come back to whatever I won't say iteration but Jimmy Butler not being there bites at your identity I don't care what happens you know what I mean if that mm-hmm. that bites at your identity let me ask you something about Jimmy, and then I want to transition back. But since you mentioned him, obviously, you know, uh, I mean, Jimmy's good with certain media members. Uh, and at the same time, you know, he can get frustrated. 
Uh, last night, he begged yeah. off of the, the post game. Uh, he decided not to do the post game Zoom. From what you know of Jimmy having interacted with him a lot in, in locker rooms in Chicago, is that in your view because he doesn't, he's pissed off? Is that, was that usually because he'd be pissed off at something or he doesn't want to say something about another teammate? Like, you know, where does that no, come I, from? I, No, because if Jimmy wants to say something about another teammate, we know that Jimmy will say something too or about whomever. Like, I don't think that's the issue. I think usually if Jimmy was asking off, Jimmy was normally frustrated. And frustration usually means I don't have the answers right now. Like if he had the answers, Jimmy had no problem telling you what the problem was. So you could write it and diagnose it, you know, from his point of view. But if he doesn't have the answers, then, then we got something, you know what I mean? Then we got some frustration because Jimmy knows best. Give me the ball. Let me defend the top guy. Give me the ball. You know, Jimmy's answers are usually very simple. We're not guarding people. We don't have the right hierarchy, mm-hmm. but if he's if he's quiet, then it's it's large. It's, it's almost even like shit. What you asking me for? And I think that's part partially some maturity on his part that he doesn't want to project this frustration. He doesn't want to project not having the answers because he's always wanted to be the guy that everybody came to for said answers. And if he don't have them, it's better to say nothing at this point. I think he's still probably in his own mind of diagnosing everything and trying to figure everything out as opposed to having the answers and not wanting to say them. Jimmy's too damn proud to tell, to not tell you what he thinks. No, that's true. And we've talked before on the pod about what happened in Chicago where Dwayne spoke out, which was really rare yeah. for Dwayne. Cause that's not the Dwayne that I knew in Miami, but when, when Dwayne spoke out in Chicago and Jimmy backed him, and, and I get that, but there was another parallel to Dwayne last night, which is that one of the things that used to drive us crazy about Dwayne was he was not a good three-point shooter, and he always wanted to take the kill shot three at the end so he could walk off the court that way. And last night, I mean, Jimmy was dynamic. He was getting to the basket. He was getting to the foul line. And then he settles for that thing again. What is that exactly? Because that, that's, like, that's the only thing that frustrates Heat fans about him. Well, you're going to be frustrated because that's the sh- – I won't say that's the shot that he's always going to take, but you looked at – there's certain guys who play bigger than their numbers and it usually comes out at the three-point line. Well, we, we've seen Dwayne take kill shots for the three-point line when the numbers say, no, take it to the basket, do something else. Jimmy has had a number of kill shots from the three-point line when the numbers say, Hey, you're a 30 ish percent three-point shooter and not on the high end. I think a, that's partially him trying to figure out his legs. I think that's the, that's the greatest sort of figuring out point is let me see where the, let me see where I am from here. And if you look at Jimmy, especially when he comes off of injuries, you can go back to Chicago. He comes out like on fire. And I don't mean on fire like like literally, I mean just on fire in terms of his activity. So when you're that active as I'm sure he has been, especially you know taking a couple extra days off that I, I get the feeling that he took a couple extra days before coming back to yeah. make sure that it was 100% right or as close to it as possible. I think you get a little more extra courage in that, in that way. And part of this also is look, you're trying to inspire your team. You're trying to get them out of this spot that you're in. You don't want to pull a Matt LaFleur and say, okay, we're just going to play to tie. And I know it's a completely different sport and everything else, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You want to inspire this group of guys because even though they went to the finals last year, they don't play like a confident bunch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Jimmy is the, is like just his presence alone is going to do that. Sometimes you got to see that 
out of your main guy to see him, you know, see him being inspiring, see him taking these shots. And part of it is his ego. It's I'm Jimmy effing Butler. You're in trouble, LeBron. You're in trouble. Like you get, if you're going to love that part, you got to be able to accept this on the back end too, because you can't really have one without the other. That's a good point you make about them not being a confident bunch, because that's what I saw last night. And this has been my concern, Vinny. And then after the break, I want to get into kind of what they do about it and maybe some of the other options around the league. But my concern about these losses, even if you could explain these losses by saying they don't have, you know, Jimmy, they don't have Dragic for a lot of the games. You know, they didn't have Hero for a bunch of the games. Hero missed seven games essentially because the Heat didn't sit him when they could have sat him. They could have gotten under the eight players, skipped those games against Philadelphia. They played Hero. He played 40 minutes in each game. He got hurt. He ended up missing seven games. So I understand there's been all these other factors. Bradley was hurt too. Well, Bradley had COVID, as we know. Okay. Um, you know, Harkless, who they were counting on to give them something, has given them nothing. He got hurt. Uh, and so they, they've been all these players that have been in and out. Okay. And then they had the contact tracing issues where they lost none and some others. So I understand all of it, but it is cumulative. When you go like three weeks without winning games, regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of what the excuses are, you start to doubt yourself. And I'm watching Tyler Hero last night, who is the most confident kid in the world, and he's staring at a three-point shot for seven seconds before he finally shot it, and then he missed it. They don't look confident, and I'm with you that I think they have to feed off Jimmy for that. But Jimmy didn't close last night, and I, if Jimmy had closed that game, I think they would have felt a lot different about it. All right, we're going to talk about Beal. We're going to talk about John Collins. We're going to talk about P.J. Tucker and Oladipo and some others with Vinny when we come back. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friend, Dr. Jonathan Chung. You can find him up in Wellington, but also he does telemedicine. And here's the thing. Unless you're a manual laborer or high-level athlete, you're more likely to have back pain because you're not lifting enough weights instead of lifting too much. Many back injuries occur because of deconditioning or chronic sitting. One of the most effective ways to help heal and prevent back pain is by increasing core and back strength by lifting weights. If you want guidance on a weightlifting or core strengthening program over at Keystone Chiropractic, Dr. Jonathan Chung and his staff there, they can put together a plan for you through a free consultation. Just mention five reasons and a telehealth visit. That means I know I understand everybody's concerned about COVID. Wellington might be far for you. If you live down in Broward or Dade, you can do this over, over, the, over your computer, over your phone. He'll help you out that way. Also, get more tips like this and more by following at Keystone Neuro. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-N-E-U-R-O. Or Dr. Jonathan Chung on Twitter and Instagram. The website is chiropractickeystone.com. All right, back here with Vinny Goodwill of yahoo at least for the next 10 minutes um <laughs> appreciate you joining me <laughs> appreciate you joining me here <laughs> sorry tried to slip that past you i see you you're right see i don't i never go i never go on my webcam man i can see you on the phone sorry right. i do that all the time the reason i don't go on my webcam is because most of the time during a podcast i'm texting three thousand people so i get it all right let's let's dial you back in here though i want to get i want i want to get to uh <laughs> to some other things around the league. They're playing against Washington for the next uh, two games. Bradley Beal had a chance to leave Washington. He chose not to. He took the money, okay? I don't blame him for taking the money. It's a lot of money. He knew they were going to suck. They always suck. When is the last big free agent that Washington got, Vinny? Uh, um, 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 I'm saying that for a reason because it's not never. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've never got one, right? Marcin Gortat? Never. Right. Ne uh, a free agent of consequence, a free agent right. of substance, 
talking about a franchise that's never won 50 games, at least in my lifetime, and I'm 36 years old. Never won 50 games. Mm. Never. Right. So what did he expect? Tommy Shepard's never been a general manager before. I mean, I, I like Scott Brooks personally, but there hasn't been a hell of a lot of winning lately. Like, what, what did he expect? Isn't this the outcome I, that was predictable? Here's the thing. Some guys like being the guy more than they like anything else. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily Bradley Beal, but if you're leading the league and scoring at 35 a night and you're not asking out or you're not demanding that changes be made, and like to me, Ethan, it feels like when you're a daily meme, right? Your daily meme, your daily gif, your frustration is, and you do nothing to really stop it. Doesn't that doesn't that doesn't that feel a certain way to you? Well, it's just basically his wife going at people on Twitter. I mean, essentially, he's not doing any of it. She is. No, but yeah, while I agree with you. But when you're sitting, like when he's sitting away from the teammates on the bench and stuff like that, like, you know, that's going to get seen on camera. And I know that he's frustrated over the course of the game. You know what I mean? If, if you're getting waxed every night, you're the worst team in the league or maybe or maybe not the worst team in the league. But, you know, you're one of the three or four worst teams in the league. Like that's got to bother you to the point of saying something. And to me, the Wizards haven't shown the organizational direction that would illustrate to me, hey, not only are we going to get out of this in the next two or three years, that we'll be out of this in the next four or five, because nobody's prime lasts forever. Now, maybe he's playing the good soldier publicly, which I think he's kind of kin to do because he's not going to say anything against the organization that has paid him handsomely, that has done some of the things that he's asked them to do. You can, you know, read between the lines on that. And, and I think part of that is like I, a, a, Wall and Westbrook, essentially. I mean, I mean, I don't think you make that move unless you have it, the blessing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think that's but, a but then he's been a little two faced about that, because I, I think we all know. Look, I've had J. Michael Falgos on the pod and I know J. Michael knows that situation really well in Washington. He was there before he went to Indiana. Uh, and, and, you know, he talked about that and, and, you know, he was, he wrote and said, and, you know, tweeted a lot of the stuff about the Beal wall relationship and they've challenged him on all of that. But in the end, like you said, he gave the blessing to trade John wall when John wall was getting healthy finally. Right. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. And I, and here's the thing. If, if he comes to Miami, he won't be 35 point a night, Bradley Beal. He might not even be first option, Bradley Beal. Do you want that as much as you want anything else? Like we assume that winning is the end all be all for a lot of these guys. And I'm not saying, and I'm not casting anything on him, but we can't assume that. We can't assume that you want to go from being number one, one place to being number three somewhere else. And I think it's the simple fact I don't think anybody wants to move in the middle of a damn pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's who, part of it. Who wants to do that? Well, that's the other reason as we talk about some of these trades, I don't know that some teams are going to make trades they otherwise would make because for a lot of teams, I just think this is just a lost season. And I'm wondering when the heat get to that stage, but you can't even practice with guys. So if you make a big trade, like, you know, I always tell the story about how when I was first, first year covering the team in 96, and I know what the hell I was doing. I'm down at LaSalle High School and I'm interviewing Pat Riley. And I actually, I asked Pat, I said, 
I don't know how, why I got the, the guts to say this, but I said, Pat, I have plans tonight. Okay. Cause it was like Valentine's weekend. I said, <laughs> I have, pl I have plans tonight. I said, are you going to trade any? It was right before the trade deadline. I said, are you going to trade anybody? We're not trading anybody that night. I had a beeper cause I never sell. This is how old I am. Cause I know you're 36. I'm not Vinny. Um, so, so I had a beeper. I, I, I was like, a, I was like a drug dealer at Morton's. Okay. I had a beeper. I'd have a cell phone. My beep goes off and it's call the Herald off or call the Palm Beach post office. Okay. I called the Palm Beach post office. That's who I was working with at the time. And I call, I say, what happened? They said, Oh, the heat just traded five players for five players. One of the players they just traded for with Tim Hardaway. And I don't want to, I don't want to say this cause this will get clipped, but I was like F Pat Riley. Seriously. Ah! <laughs> so, so so, so look, you know, but you make a trade like that in a COVID season, you can't even practice with these guys. There's no way to integrate. I mean, look at the Nets defense right now, right? So when they went and got hard, and that was one of my arguments about it, and people in the network make fun of me because they're like, you can't, Ethan's thing, you can't trade the depth during a COVID season, but it is difficult to do it. I do disagree with you about one thing, though. I, I don't think Beal would be the third. I don't, Beal would be the first option offensively. Ooh. Yes. Jimmy would, Jimmy, Jimmy would come on. You know, J Jimmy doesn't want to be the first option offensively. He wants to be the lead dog in terms of the way the team views him, but he doesn't want to be the first option. offensively. It, it, but see, when I say first option, I don't mean like take the most shots. He would take, I mean, Beal would take the most shots. I mean, setting the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're the style of what we are playing is most conducive to me. That doesn't always equal up to shot attempts. Like you can, you can take the most shot attempts that can wind up being what it is, but this team, Jimmy's better in a grind it out with the occasional run than he is with this, just this running gun devil may care. I'm going to stand out here on while Brad just, you know, does his thing. And, and Brad better defend better than if Brad came here, he better defend better than he just defended in Washington the past two years, because he's capable of it. And Jimmy knows he's capable of it. And he, that's the not, other thing. Effort. Do guys want, here's the thing. Do guys want to be held accountable? This is not, I'm not, uh, this, I'm not saying this is as like exclusive to quote unquote Bradley Beal, but do guys want to be held accountable or do they want to do things on their terms and then be, I won't say the victim, but you can be the martyr. You can say all the right things and, and appear like you're in a hostage situation because you're the best player on a bad team. You get all the public sympathy but you don't really do what it takes to that's some it's like a win-win almost right yeah. you're getting the individual stats and you're getting the sympathy except, and you don't except, have the pressure of winning except Vinny, he didn't make the all-star team last year and had the highest scoring average to not make an all-star team he didn't make an all nba team and he was pissed about that so he had there are things he's wanted in terms of accolades he hasn't gotten because I agree with you that he's playing it both ways, but it hasn't totally paid off. All right, so let's get to this, and then one more quick break, and then we're going to rapid fire. I would take Beal over Oladipo, but go ahead. Oh, well, we're going to talk about Oladipo. Gotcha. Okay, if you're the Heat, do you throw everything on the table? If Beal asks out, and we know if he asks out, this is a place he's going to go to, okay? If he asks out, do you put everything on the table but Jimmy and Bam? Yeah. Okay, I do too. I wouldn't for yeah, Harden. Everybody can't would, would you have for Harden? No. Thank you. No. No, 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 no. Somebody no. agrees with me. Absolutely okay. not. Okay. Why? Age? Harden in Miami. That's all. <laughs> well, you saw the clip about KOD, right? Did you see the clip with Kendrick Perkins talking to no. Matt Barnes? No. 2012 finals. Oh, well, first, Perk, Perk has to always pump himself up. Okay. So Perk said, Perk's telling Matt Barnes, he's like, this is on the pod. It was just, it was just on Twitter this week. 
he, he's on the pod. And he says, you know, I did my thing. I got a double double or two of the finals and KD. <laughs> K, yeah, I know KD and Russ did their thing, but you know, James Harden, King of diamonds is right there on I-95. And that's basically, that's where James Harden spent the finals. I, I, I heard he hasn't made it back from KOD yet. <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, as, and as much as Pat Riley, I believe love stars and don't get me wrong. I think Brooklyn going all in on the stars has made Pat even more thirsty, right? But not that type of thirsty, not thirsty for the quote unquote wrong type of star. And I don't know if Harden would, as much as I think Harden doesn't want to be in charge, I don't know if Harden wants to not be in charge on Jimmy Butler's team on Pat Riley's franchise. Yeah, it's different. It's different than when you're running Steve Nash up there. We're going to go rapid fire here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about one more sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is someone that I actually use for my insurance. Just save me $300 on car insurance with one phone call. He's Louis Peters. You can find him at louispeters.com. That's L-U-I-S peters.com. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States. More than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry, local agents that understand South Florida's unique market access 24 seven again on louispeters.com, or you can call 305-275-5585. That's 305-275-5585. I tell you all the time, uh, he's a big, big Miami Dolphin and Miami Heat fan. So that'll give you something to do except other than just talk insurance, although he can handle just about any kind of insurance for you. So life insurance, auto insurance, rental insurance, they do it all. State Farm, louispeters.com, personalized service tailored to every customer, no cookie cutter solutions. You can find them at 7750 Southwest 117th Avenue in Miami or 305-275-5585. All right, let's go rapid fire here with Vinny. Oladipo, does he finish the season in Houston and does he spend next season in Houston? That's a, I, I think he does. I think you look at the way that they're playing right now, like, Quietly, they're playing very good defense. Quietly, they're playing really competitive ball. He's a kind of a reason for that. Now, is that someone that I would go after if I'm going star hunting? I'm not sure. But is he a good enough consolation prize? Yeah, and I, I wonder if that's where Houston is. So I don't know if they'd be in a rush to necessarily get rid of him. Uh, you know Andre Drummond a little bit. Uh, where does he finish the season? That's an interesting one. Because if I'm a team that's in need of a big man, I make a run for him, but I don't know if they buy him out. Cause once again, you're talking about all these teams and Ethan, you got to figure this out too, is that did that play in game or that play in stuff where you're going to have butts in seats, that's yeah. revenue for revenue strapped teams. So they're not going to be as want to give up a player like that just because they see the bottom of the lottery near them. If they see a Tim seed, they may keep a guy like that to say, Hey, let's get this home revenue for this one game. That's an interesting point. We haven't talked enough about on our pod about the play-in game, which gives a cushion to teams like the Heat. Not that they should be thinking about a 10 seed, but still. Uh, LeBron James wins the MVP this year? Ooh, that's a, that is saucy, but no. No, nah, I don't think he Really? Jokic? I would not be surprised if, I, if it would be Jokic or Gasp. Philadelphia may strike me down. Joel Embiid. <laughs> You know, Philadelphia thinks I hate them and everything that they stand for. Well, I know, but you should. You got to think. You got to think. You got to think. They they don't think I'm nice to Daryl Moore. They don't think I'm nice to Ben Simmons. They think I hate everything about them. 
but you should. Okay, uh, last one. Last one here. I'm gonna leave it here. Uh, Giannis. Yeah, they've already lost more games uh, through, I guess, less than 20 games of the season. They did through about 45 games last year. Um, do they win a title in the next two years? I feel like I've asked you this question already, but I'm going to ask it again. Okay. I don't think that's such a bad idea. I think if they're playing a long game, Ethan, and you're not trying to just win regular season games, you're trying to build yourself like a team that's going to be in the playoffs and going to have to go do some shit, then okay, cool. But I think they played this Giannis development thing all wrong because I think he's kind of maxed out as a perimeter player. So if they're going to continue to play this way, I don't think that's conducive to them getting to the finals. But you've seen things break right for teams get to the finals. I just don't think it's enough to win. I think they can get there, especially if Brooklyn continues to play no defense. Miami doesn't get their ish together and Philadelphia continues to employ Ben Simmons. They could get there. They could theoretically, but I don't think they can win. Would you go after Lonzo Ball if you're another team? Depends on my team. Because I, I, I don't. In, does he fit in Miami? We've talked about him a little bit on the pod. I don't know if he has the chemical. I don't know if he has the aggressiveness to fit in Miami. Like even if as a reserve guard, I like his talent. I like that he can defend. I like he can do all these different things without having to score. But the fact that if you're going to have Jimmy out there who won't, who's not a great shooter, then you're going to have a guy who can't shoot. Or I won't say can't shoot. A guy that you will let shoot. You know what I mean? Like mm. you will let Lonzo shoot, even if the numbers say that he's a much more confident shooter. I don't know if that's the move that I would particularly make. Now, is he, if he's part of a package and there's something bigger going on, all right, cool. But if I'm making a singular move for Lonzo Ball, not if I'm this Miami Heat team. Vince Goodwill, that's the Twitter handle. I learned it. It'll change tomorrow. Uh, Vinny, we appreciate it. You hold the five-on-the-floor title until Sedano comes and argues with me on Thursday night. You know what's interesting? Sedano's supposedly a Miami guy, and you're not. He's the one that's been trade everybody. That's the, He's a bit – so we're going to bring He's emotional. Sedano. He's a bit emotional. Tell, George, tell me George, more chocolate. Is, George is – I'm with you on that. I've known George a long time. He is a bit emotional. Vinny, we appreciate it. Thanks, man. Always fun, man. All right. We'll be back tomorrow after Heat Wizards. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.